welcome to the From My Cup podcast. Here we dive into the gracious overflow of God's wisdom within the Word. This is a continuation of our episode on devotion. We hope that you enjoy. Alright, so I'll read um, Romans 12, 9-21. Uh, Love must be without hypocrisy. Is it hypocrisy or hypocrisy? Hypocrisy, Hypocrisy, yeah. Hypocrisy, yeah. Yeah, okay. Love must be without without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you heap fiery coals upon his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. I think, in general, that's pretty much what your life should look like if it's devoted to Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of like listing yeah. the what you should see in a mm-hmm. in a devoted Christian's life. Yeah, that's like a description, like totally opposing everything that culture tells you to be. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really struck by that. I was like, I know, I know, I've read that not too long ago, <laughs> but it, every time, I think especially in where we find ourselves with our culture today, with the people who consider themselves like the good guys you know which of course Mm -hmm. everybody does but especially just I mean just whatever you associate yourself with or find yourself associated with whether you agree to it or not whatever it is in today's culture that is so opposite of what you just read and yeah that really struck me it's like I need to I need to remember that to be reading this even though I do Mm -hmm. read the bible regularly I need to, you know, like just what we're doing right now with this podcast is forcing us to dive into these concepts and to really pay attention to them in detail. And I know we've said this a lot of times outside of outside of the podcast, but this has been so, so edifying for both of us. Mm, Yeah, because it's forcing us to do that. And it's already forcing us to remember the little places in our life that we're not living up to this. And it's challenging us to fix those things. And yeah, that was just a really good example of a whole bunch of stuff that I was like, wow, <laughs> like I knew that, but I definitely needed to hear it again. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's just the complete opposite of what you see, no matter where you look out out, out there in the world. It's really sad. Just recently, probably because we did start this podcast and just getting more devoted into reading scripture and evaluate evaluating myself using uh how many of these fruits are actually missing in my life you know i 
I seem to step into the world a little and suddenly become so selfish mm-hmm. and it happens so quickly. It makes me want to sit around and feel bad for myself. <laughs> but that's also, you know, yeah. that's also wrong. Yeah. And um, it's not easy. It's totally against our nature to be this way. Yeah. And I think that's why it does strike people so much. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, what is it about you? Like you were telling, you said that story about grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're, you're Christians, aren't you? It's like people can see it. Yeah. People can tell. Yeah. And I think when you truly pursue these things, it's so funny because there's been so much propaganda in our culture for so long that anybody who's like religious or tries to better themselves or is ambitious is just so condescending and judgmental and looking down their nose at you to the point that, you know, like it's even a, a infected my brain like I even start to feel that way and to think that way about other people even though I know that that's not true because this is exactly the type of people that I've (laughs) grown up with like I know that that's not true Mm -hmm. um yeah but I think when you truly pursue to live this way it leaves no room for ego and it's so funny that we think that it does you know when we're not living this way when we're not pursuing these things, we feel like it's so egotistical and like goody two shoes and trying to do, trying to do the, you know, get on your high horse about mm-hmm. it and do the right thing, whatever. And, and we treat it like it's this egotistical, self-righteous endeavor. And when you actually read Jesus's teachings, when you actually read the gospel, there's no room for ego. Like if you truly pursue this, you will be humbled every day, not only by your failure, but even if you succeed to be this way, you're just, you're going to be humble. It it just, you have to be. <laughs> I was listening to um, a Bible teaching and it was talking about kind of like the regression of Paul as he writes, you know, like in some of the earlier ones, he's like, oh, I'm one of the saints or whatever. And like the older the writings get the more he's just like i am chief of sinners i am nothing <laughs> I am that's funny less than less I've never considered that before <laughs> and i'm just like me too paul <laughs> me too. yeah yeah that that's something i um i've read something that spurgeon said as well um and i don't know much about spurgeon so i'm not necessarily promoting him but i will say that i've Anything of his that I've read so far, I've really liked. But again, I don't actually know anything about him. Um, but he said, the more the holier a man becomes, the more he mo- mourns the unholiness within him. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's true. You have to. If you're truly going to try and clean up your life, you're going you're gonna to be finding dirt. You know, if you look to clean, you're going to find dirt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we have a lot of it. <laughs> I do. You know what's strange? Like, even if I'm just like cleaning my house, and I see like a little bit of mess that's just like a little too deep to clean. <laughs> like, it's, like that's a little mm-hmm. deeper cleaning that I have time for. I, I, mm-hmm. I always go back to myself and like in my mind, like what my, what my spirit must look like, because I'm just like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. How many times have I? I've been that way. Um, yeah. But 
it reminds me of a proverb too that I of course cannot say the specific to but speaking about like laziness and stuff like can't even bring the food up to your mouth like you can't finish what you've started mm-hmm. like you put your hands in and you get going but you can't be bothered to finish hmm. and if there's one thing like Jesus used a bunch of different people throughout his walk but never could have used anyone who was lazy <laughs> you really yeah that's a good point you, you have to you can't be idle um, yeah that's one of the ones that I had down um, that I had written down and of course it's oh no it's Romans twelve eleven. it just says do not be slothful in zeal be fervent in the spirit and serve the Lord be the, be the Christian extremist. God loves to see it. Yeah. I just remember being a kid and like the way it was when I was in church and like these things are not emphasized at all. And I feel like mm. even they would be surprised <laughs> to see to see that again, to see this depth come in again. Uh, yeah, I mean it's been so vilified like we said like religions like a dirty word these days. Um, to be a zealot is like an insult these days, which to me, I'm like, you should be a zealot in whatever it is that you truly believe, you know? Well, zealous. That's but... like this, um, yeah, that's like, well, I just mean like, um, you know, it's like Muslim extremists or Christian extremists. And it's like, shouldn't you be an extremist if yeah. you truly believe it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, I have real beef with the idea with the concept of being an idealist. It's like we're all idealists. We all live by our ideals. It's just that for so many years now, and I think throughout history for all of time, but definitely lately, your ideals, we're told that our ideals should have um, the comfort of compromise. That if if you're too strict in what you believe, like it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And then... And then we're surprised that nobody nobody commits to anything. We, we're surprised that there's, you know, adultery in everything that you do and in everywhere that you go. And I was like, well, C.S. Lewis actually, I think it was C.S. Lewis said something about that. He said, we, um, we mock integrity and then are surprised to have traitors in our midst, something along those lines. And I think that that's just, that's a concept that has found its way into the church as well. Like mm-hmm. if... If um, I think the evangelical church, I think um, they've taken the concept where it says to compel people to come in, and they've turned that into sugarcoat and twist the scriptures and make it more mm-hmm. comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's like I hate it when I go to a church service and it feels like um, a college event. Like I no, <laughs> yeah. there there needs to be <laughs> there needs to be a certain level of devotion here mm-hmm. we're talking about very serious matters and if you get too serious about the gospel people are like ah oh, people don't want to hear that they're like oh well i secretly agree with you mm-hmm. and it's like well how many people secretly agree we need to be open in our devotion we need to be taking this more seriously like you said there's there's no room for being slothful in your faith mm-hmm. and i think it goes back to the the concept there is no middle ground in anything in life there's no middle ground there there is no gray area as much as we as much as it's easy to believe that life is shades of gray it's not absolutely not no there actually is no middle ground 
you're committing your time to what you're committing your time to. You believe in what you believe. And if that gives room to compromise, if that gives room to laziness, then that's what you believe. And you have to come to grips with that, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm rambling and not getting my point across, but. No, no. I, I understand. <laughs> um, it was, um, I had Romans uh, 16, 17 through 18 which was watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doc- to the doctrines you've learned avoid them for such people do not serve our lord our lord christ but their own appetites they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words and i had said that that makes me think of pastors who are more concerned with numbers and peoples in the seat than like and good reviews and such things and not the quality of the people that are in those seats and they Mm. dress christian they dress christianity up to be something that it's not to make things comfortable and pleasing and they lose christ in the real heart of fellowship and devotion as a consequence yeah and that's like even more so probably you know people's understanding of church and and mm-hmm. what your life really should look like with Jesus in it. And you're going to yeah, that's like- shoo people away from Christ when they're supposed to be receiving it with these false words. And then they don't get it. And then they just turn away. And I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, it's like what I refer to as the live, laugh, love Christianity. <laughs> that's like the title that i've come up with for it in my own mind Um, yes yeah that we have called fondant you know it's like you have this beautiful cake but it's it's fondant it's actually gross it doesn't have any real substance Mm -hmm. to it so (laughs) just to just to explain our fondant that we like to say yeah it's um it's always much more rewarding to put the time into a really good italian buttercream frosting it's gonna gonna (laughs) look better it's gonna taste better and (laughs) <laughs> yeah and even if it doesn't look good it might be a little ugly but who cares you're there to eat that's cake, true that's probably know? it's not a painting that's probably more the point yeah that's true <laughs> it's a cake not a painting mm. but that also brings up the story that i had i had mentioned to you that i wanted to share there's this uh actor shia labeouf or however you say his shia name. labeouf labeouf okay Apparently, it means the beef. I don't know if that's true. That's just something I read on the internet. But anyway. <laughs> no, I think... He I, recently converted... Sorry, huh? I think he confirmed that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. He recently converted to Catholicism, and he was on a podcast with somebody, and they were asking him uh, about his journey, about his conversion and all of that. But one little tidbit of what he said put into words a concept about exactly what we're talking about that I've been trying to find the words for for years that I've been trying to describe and I always end up going on this big rambling explanation because I've never been able to simplify it the way that he did (laughs) and he talked about he talked about he prefers Latin mass and they're asking him why that was and he so he described the other types of masses I'm a Protestant I'm an ardent Protestant I so I don't you know, I'm not very familiar with mass, but um, it sounded to me like what he was describing was more of a modern style church service of a mass. And he said, when I go to those style masses, they feel like it feels like they're trying to sell me something. Mm-hmm. He said, when I go to Latin mass, they're not trying to sell me something. He said, I feel like I'm being allowed in on something. 
And so absolutely nothing to do with whether this the sermon is in line or not. The thing that I drew from it was just that concept of when you go to church and it feels like they're trying to sell you something versus when you go to church and it feels like you're being allowed in on something mm. because the devotion is to God. Right. Those are the church services that I want. And I feel like that that description of going to church and feel like you're just trying to sell me something. You know, I've been I think those kind of church services I've been trying to find a definition for, try to find that that clarification that he just brilliantly simplified for so long now. And it's like, I usually end up saying stuff about like the style of the service <laughs> or the style of the building, or, you know, they have like the the coffee shop up front, which I do honestly don't like that. Um, I don't know. I, I would never, I would never sell anything in the church. I would be far too afraid to do that. Oh, they sell it? You but, have to pay um, for it? Yeah. It was, a lot of them do. A lot of them it's, it's free, but you go up and you make your order and your it's order. like by donation. Yeah, that that I don't like. That really stresses me out. Like I get you know, like every church should have a kitchen. You know what I mean? Right, for events. But they and have stuff. like these cafes. Yeah. But they have like cafes and stuff at the church and people go in and they get their coffee and they go to church service. Like that really bugs me. Yeah. But even then, that's not the point. Like the point is when you go to a church service and they're sugarcoating it and it feel, like I said, it feels like a college uh program that you're going to <laughs> I hate that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate that. I'm like, listen, if I wanted to go to something like that, I'd go to a concert. You know what I mean? Like, I'd go to a rock concert. Thanks. I wouldn't go. Well, that's even. I wouldn't go to this. Yeah, that's even like, you know, worship the, now is it's about yeah, stylistic it's music and people get all hyped up for the colors and whatever. And it's just like, mm -hmm. that's not the Holy Spirit. I really hope that you know that you're just high on the experience and yeah. And if I, if I was going to do that, quite bluntly, I wouldn't go to a church for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot better concerts. Yeah, that's there's a lot funner programs to get involved in. You know, there's a lot more interesting clubs to be a part mm -hmm. of. Yeah. And so it's, and like I said, I always end up going down the rabbit hole of like, style right I don't have a problem with anybody's style of church or anybody's style of uh worship I've been to worship services where one was truly devoted to God and one was showboating and they were singing the same exact songs you know what I mean like it's not about the style right. and I don't want it I don't want that to get confused um especially by sharing that that story um, that the actor had shared, you know, it's not about it being in Latin or not being in Latin, you know what I mean? And and if it is to him, you know, that's his story. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I'm just saying for me, it doesn't sound like that was it's it. about, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was his point either, but the, the difference is going somewhere where it feels like they're just trying to sell you something versus going to church which is an act of devotion. It's an act of worship to God. It is dedicated to God. And we're allowed in on that. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, people, I think I've met so many Christians that would argue and say, yeah, but that would make like unbelievers uncomfortable or baby Christians uncomfortable. No, I completely I disagree. disagree. I completely disagree because they can get those programs anywhere. We can all get those programs anywhere. And I think, over and over, I know over and over 
people come to a place in their life where they consider God at different stages of their life and they come back and they say, is this real? Mm-hmm. And they show up and they come to the church service and there's nothing of substance. There's nothing holy. There's nothing sacred. There's nothing beyond humanity there. And they say, nope, I don't need to worry about it. I'm good. And they leave. Mm-hmm. As they should, honestly. Because it's this shouldn't be about us. It should be beyond us. And it just ties in with this concept of devotion that we're both trying to get across and I think that we're both seeking in our lives is to find find that communion and find that devotion that is beyond the constructs of man you know right and I I feel guilty because I had said it before privately but I know that there that God's church is still out there and that there are like places that are that uphold him and that are good mm. and it's just they're everywhere they're just hidden. yeah it just is we're talking more about like a commercialized sold thing which you see a lot especially plastered like in everyone's face and in, in the mainstream and that's what's mostly gutting about it mm-hmm. um i wanted to go back for a moment to romans 12 1 through 2 which was um therefore my brothers by the mercy of god i urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god and it says this is your spiritual worship i don't really know i don't remember what um translation this is from and i don't know what Mm -hmm. how that reads in like the king james which is everyone's tried and true but Mm -hmm. it is a really like it's interesting to think or to consider the truth that there is something of, to your everyday, your personal life, that sacrificing in the sense of like old timey, like it's not really that big of a sacrifice, but <laughs> just presenting your life to God as like a sacrifice to him as like a honor as something that honors him and as a sense of worshiping him and devoting your life to him as something more than just like you are god who created all these things who created me like the true sense of worship and we miss that we miss out on that it is not emphasized Mm -hmm. enough and i just remember like being in some of like the children's school like the the sunday schools because of course for some reason we're constantly trying to divide parents from their children at church (laughs) but because some for some reason they can't comprehend what the pastor's saying for i don't know why they they think that way but anyway and some yeah shout out to my parents for always having like there was always kids church and then there was church and kids were still in church like they were at two different times shout out to my parents for that shout out to my parents for allowing me to hear the real meat of the gospel at a very young age that's you know like that's that's literally saved my life at this point Mm -hmm. in my life that i had that so young my mom always so shout out to my parents for that my mom always gave me the choice of going or not because we weren't like little and in little deviants like being loud during the actual church service which i guess kind of the point Mm -hmm. 
But even yeah. then, like these things were not emphasized. These things aren't taught, especially not to the kids. Mm-mm. And it's like it just makes me really yeah. sad because yeah. that scripture. I think there's so many people who who grew up in the church who had real faith, but it never got fed, and they were too young to really feed themselves. You know. Well, and for some reason, we we neglect that whole age group. You're right. You know that there's like there's that. some scriptures that just feel like every pastor teaches over and over again, and they like there's areas of the Bible that you just forget about because yeah, it, like it's never touched on. They just don't touch on it, mm-hmm. and that may or may not be okay. I'm not in a place to say, but right, I'm not a pastor, you know, so but <laughs> you should know and. That devotion right, because, is what saves you from that because like that that yeah. scripture I just read is that avoid them for such people do not serve the Lord. And then it says they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and unflattering words. True devotion saves you from being that unsuspecting person because that could just be someone who's new yeah. to the faith. Constantly we're seeing these in like all other denominations that are like wrongly skewed in in theology and whatnot save yourself from being an unsuspecting heart and an unsuspecting Mm -hmm. mind which i have been i'm such a warning for me because it's like it's been my whole struggle my whole life is just not realizing that you're just being fed a lot of gobbledygook or just surface stuff that's not going to get you as deep as jesus is calling us out to be in all reality yeah, I mean if you if you're if you don't have your personal devotion mm-hmm. and that's been many times in my life that I have not been attending to my personal devotion, you are open to being swept away by bad theology. You are open to it, you know, because we're surrounded by it at all times. And every Christian, everybody who even in their if they're very um adamant in their personal devotion we're all wrong somewhere we're all carrying bad philosophy somewhere Mm -hmm. so the only way that each each one of us is going to guard against that is to spend our own personal time in the word um which is a whole different podcast which we're going to do next but (laughs) (laughs) but um it's i think it goes back to what we were saying um you can't rely on what anybody else says about God. You have to find what God says about God, and you're going to find that in the Holy Bible. If you're relying on sermons and Bible studies and teachings, you're not going to get to the meat and bones of a spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ, which you need. And I would. It has to be something that you do in your own personal time. And, I would, and the rest is like side dishes. Right, exactly. And, oh, I mean, it's it's definitely needed. You need to have a uh, a teacher and a pastor too, because you might not be spiritually led to be those things. And there are people that are and have that. Mm -hmm. But I would say, trust the Lord, trust the Holy Spirit when you're in your own devotions as well. Because, I mean, that's the thing that always stopped me was not knowing what was me. And what was just like foolishness. Mm-hmm. But you just need to trust Jesus that he's going to meet you there. Because those are his words and he's there. 
because that's what's so different about just like the Bible and everything else is that Jesus is willing to meet you right there in those passages. Yeah, and I think I think um, this idea of personal devotion, it's what allows communion to be the blessing that it is. Yeah. Because, you know, we've talked about how necessary it is to commune with our brothers and sisters in Christ, to commune with the concepts that we believe and to be reminding ourselves of it constantly, even if it's just an opportunity to do like what we're doing. We're just talking about this is what I believe. This is what I have found. And just speaking that out loud is so important for your faith. And the way that you can grow and to learn from other people is to already have the foundation of the scripture in your heart. If you have, if you're spending a lot of time in scripture, if you're spending a lot of time in prayer, um, you'll be able to have a much better church experience. Cause I think if you've spent any time in a church, you've had bad church experience. <laughs> um, some of the worst <laughs> gossiping and backstabbing you will ever find is unfortunately in the church. But, um, also with that is the you know the idea that we're all wrong somewhere and that doesn't mean that you should discount being able to learn from others and that doesn't mean that you should discount being able to learn from a pastor and being able to respect their spiritual authority as a pastor because it is something that comes from God that is very much laid out in scripture so if you have that personal devotion in scripture as your foundation, you're going to learn so much more from the people around you because you're going to have the discernment to be checking everything that they're saying against the knowledge that you have, the spiritual wisdom that you have that came from your personal devotions. And um, you can you can weed out what they're saying. You know, you can say you can listen to somebody and really respect what they say and say, see, they don't quite have it right on that concept. But that doesn't mean I throw out everything they said. That doesn't mean I throw out a relationship with them by any means. And I think I've I've played into that. I think I've played into the, you know, I, I don't agree with what you're saying. So I, you know, just run in the other direction and isolate myself. And that's that's a really easy trick to find yourself falling for. And it's a really bad one. Yeah. We have to have that communion in our lives. And we have to be able to talk with people about our faith. And the way that, you know, that starts with our own personal devotion. So that Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, 2 is, Do not be condemned to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect. What is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God? And I think that pretty much sums up what you were saying. It's just that when you are allowing the scripture and allowing God to renew your mind and be and transform you, transform you <laughs> into someone stronger than and more in the spirit. It's going to equip you with the tool to discern. Discern what is mm-hmm. what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Because you're going to experience things that are outside of it. And you're going to have the choice to act outside of God's will. And you want to be able to discern in a moment, like, 
which way may that might just might be <laughs> mm-hmm. and even if you're wrong god knows your heart mm-hmm. and that's that's the biggest thing is get close with your creator yeah, that's, that's what he looks yeah. for yeah he says over and over that what he looks at is the heart you know mm-hmm. that's really what uh, establishes where we're at in our relationship with him is where our heart is. Thankfully, not where we actually are in oh, yeah. our actions and our deeds. But um, our actions and our deeds are going to tell where our heart is at and they can influence where our heart is at. But I heard a good word yeah. um, from Pastor Mike Winger, who I listen to a lot. And he was talking about kind of positionally versus conditionally how we are positionally because of Jesus we're saved but conditionally we have to be constantly working towards being righteous and becoming righteous Mm -hmm. and no matter where you are in that positionally you're saved because of what Jesus did for you and that's kind of the the thing you need to be devoted to is getting as deep as you can into the the condition of righteousness and the the things that have to happen to be there and why it's such it's so important that's kind of what we've been diving into is the why it's so important for discernment mm-hmm. for just for wisdom for navigating life so that you can be in the fellowship and go to and be in the church and be a real binding church is where everybody else what you're doing on your free time you know and like Mm -hmm. that scripture that says um and the urgent prayer of the righteous is great and it's a it's efficiency it's a very efficient God likes to mm-hmm. answer the prayer of the righteous and if you are that righteous person that's prayer that's praying you don't know what blessings you can rain out on on others too just praying mm-hmm. so be devoted yeah be zealous yeah and and we can and we can see that it it does influence our standing with God i mean there's multiple scriptures that say do not do this lest your prayers be um hindered obstructed or whatever. Yeah, hindered. Thank you. I was like, I don't have the right words, but we we can get in the way of our prayers being sent to God. It's not about us influencing whether or not he's going to answer them. You know, everything's already done. He's already set the rules and it's up to us to line ourselves up with them. And I'm not saying that very well, but I have a little scripture here on it. Um, it's in Jude. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We have to build up ourselves on our most holy faith. Mm-hmm. And it says to keep ourselves in the love of God. If we have to keep ourselves in the love of God, then we can get ourselves outside of it. And there's just, there's so many scriptures that we could dive into Mm -hmm. showing how true that is. (laughs) There's so many to choose from. 
it makes me think of Jesus talking about those who build themselves on sand and those who build themselves upon a rock. Mm. And you don't build yourself on that rock doing the things that modern Christianity sells you. Building yourself on that rock is devo- is that presenting your life as holy as a holy sacrifice to God. Because it's mm-hmm. it's easy to just say the thing, and it's much different to do it, to just go and do it. Yeah, that yeah that goes back into the scriptures that um, James, I think it was no James, yeah James talking about. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really love that scripture that you got that we've already mentioned a few times, Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's just, that's so interesting. I It's like I've read that so many times. And when you read that again, I was like, that is so. Therefore, my brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. That's so interesting. I I had never I had never thought about our physical lives and our physical conduct as being spiritual worship until you read that. That's such an interesting concept. Well, it's just and it makes yeah, go ahead. It it's that doing all things onto God to literally if you're stuck and you don't know what to do and you feel like you don't have anything to offer the ministry or anything just live your life onto god do do everything onto mm-hmm. him and it could literally just if that really stumps you just be like lord i'm gonna go do the dishes onto you <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. just start very basic and do it that way and what what that do what that is doing is just it's worshiping your creator it's giving him the glory yeah and it says over and over again that that pleases god when we live when we pursue holiness and we present our bodies as living sacrifices that said over and over in the new testament that it is pleasing to god probably and i not just that unsimilar to the way that the sacrifices were pleasing to him because it talked the way that talks about yeah. the the pleasant aroma going up to him mm-hmm. and it, he found it pleasing and how mm-hmm. much more is this this thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's um man i don't remember where but it, it you know it's talked about the um the deeds of the saints are you know a pleasing aroma to god that's that's said in a few few areas and i love that because um in the Old Testament with the with the temple, the priests would, they would burn incense and they would mo- walk among the people burning incense. And we're told that that was to represent the prayers of the people. And I just, I love that visual. I almost think it's mentioned in Revelation, but I, I don't have the confidence to say that. <laughs> but I know that it's mentioned somewhere that our our deeds and our prayers, our lives are like, it's, it's like burning incense in his throne room Mm -hmm. and it's pleasing to him. And I just, I love that picture. Like that's so beautiful to think about. And I think, and I love, 
I was just going to say, I think that kind of comes around to this thing that we're missing when we go to church. It's like we talk about Mm -hmm. it in the sense of what that does for you. Other than Mm -hmm. that, that amazing feeling that comes over you that 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 just that good truth of it's for God and knowing Mm -hmm. him and loving him and coming to a deeper understanding every day of what he did for you and that the little things you do are pleasing to him and it gives you way more fire in your engine to keep running the race Mm -hmm. than just doing it Mm -hmm. for your foolish and feeble self yeah yeah and I think I think in talking about this, I don't want to lose sight of um, when Jesus was saying how the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want it to seem like we're discounting that because I know that we're not and I know that you know that we're not. But <laughs> just to say like church is, is very much um, a construct made for man, but it's made for each individual person to have an a personal communication with God at that moment. Like there is little in life that angers me as much as when you go to church with somebody and they want to chit chat the whole time. They want to show you stuff on their phone the whole time. And it's like, it's not good that I get so angry. Like I'm not pretending that's a good thing, (laughs) but I get so angry in that moment. I'm like, I'm not here to talk to you. Yeah, I'm not here to talk to you right now. After church, I love to stay after church and chat with my church people. I, When I had a church that I was going to steadily, which I really hope that I can get back to them soon, I would show up early so that I could talk to people because I love my church family. But I loved that about my church. Everybody was chit-chatty before service. Everybody was chit-chatty after service. But during service, everybody was dedicated. Everybody was engaging in that moment that we are all collectively dedicating ourselves to God in that moment. You know, like it is for us, but it's not, it's not a club, you know, it's, it's an act of worship. Like we are meant to be collectively entering the throne room in, in worship and in truth. There's something extra that we need in our lives. And that's kind of what we did with our first episode is that we need to be doing that together. There's something sweet and something good and encouraging about coming together with the rest of the bride. And mm-hmm. that is a time that is dedicated, that is devoted to doing that. And yeah, it is something that's lost. And it's lost on some people mm-hmm. too. In that sense that, yes, they don't understand that it's not just like a big social event. It's also time that is dedicated to being before our creator and and just representing that devotion to him as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a big reason for the lack of power that we're seeing in Christ's church. You know, miracles are so far and few between in this nation. And there's a lot of, you know, really God fearing people in this nation. And still there's just this extreme lack of any authority in the church. Um, And I think, I think it's for that reason because we have so undercut our own authority in the church by trying to sugarcoat everything and try to make everything weaker 
mm-hmm. you know? I think there's there's been this big push to make everything about faith weaker so that everybody else will be more comfortable with it. And at the end of the day, it's hurting everyone. You know, I think going back to what I was saying about non-believers, when they come in and they're testing, is God real? They need to see something beyond us. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. not finding it in our churches. And that's so sad. Because we have to we have to tap into something beyond us and that takes that takes devotion and again that that's um you know to, i think a lot of people would take that as me saying like it needs to be rigid and structured and boring and don't you dare giggle in church no and that's not at all what i mean i think i think a good representation that somebody would be able to see is um Sunday morning service, it has a tendency to be a little bit looser in that sense because there's a lot of people that are that are lacking that devotion, that personal devotion. And when you go to evening service, if your church has an evening surf- service, uh, you would you would know what I'm talking about then because it's my my church had this where it's like you go the Sunday morning service and the people were were very respectful, and it was it was a wonder wonderful service. You you went to a couple of them, so you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. The people were very dedicated to their Sunday service, their Sunday morning service, but then we would have once a month um, an evening service, and it was multiple churches would get together, and so it it would always end up being the people that are very devoted, right? Because they're going to a second service in the evening, and most people wouldn't take the time to do that. And you would actually find that the structure of that second service, which is far more, um, which was far more powerful than the Sunday morning service, <clears throat> excuse me, you would find that the structure of it was actually quite a lot looser. Mm. Um, it was far more unpredictable because it was far more led by the Holy Spirit. There was so much room for uh, interruption, you know, that every time somebody gave a message in tongues and somebody interpreted it, like every time. And that wouldn't usually happen in Sunday morning service. And it was because the people that collected together had that personal devotion. And because they had that personal devotion, every time we all came together, we were all really seeking to hear from God. We weren't there to get together and chit-chat. We were there to really hear from God. And afterwards we would chit-chat, you know. And so it wasn't, it's not about a particular structure or a particular style. It's very much about that personal individual devotion. Mm-hmm. And if, if the leaders of the church don't have that personal individual devotion, then you're, you're going to feel it because it's going to be lacking it in the church service. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think if you've ever had the pleasure of going to like one of those evening services or the second service, and feeling that difference in the power of the message being spoken of, of just, you could feel the Holy spirit in the room. You don't necessarily always get that in Sunday morning service. Mm, Yeah. And it's, it's not about the structure. It's the same people. They're playing the same style music. You know, it's the same pastors. Everybody takes the pastors. I'll take a turn. It's the same pastors but it's just a different level of devotion. And that's what I'm talking about. Right. That's the 
being let in on something rather than being sold something, you know, having a presentation done for you, you know, it's, it's a completely different feel and it has nothing to do with the actual structure it has nothing to do with the man-made concepts about it nothing to do with that at all it should be you know you can find god in any style yeah and in any culture yeah it should be more about trying to get the holy spirit in there and not not anything else <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think um with that we should close on devotion because this is turning Great. into a very long episode yes this, <laughs> this is turning into our next episode yeah. <laughs> and i just wanted to close out by going over Romans 12 one last time. Love must be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay evil for evil. And try to do what is honorable. If possible, leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. I just wanted to thank everybody for listening listening to the From My Cup podcast. You can find us on pretty much all of your local podcasting stations. For easiest listening, find us on Spotify. Just search From My Cup, and there you'll find us. God bless you. Thank you for being here.